Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hitherto, herefore, whenceforth, thou. Certainly. And I am your other co-host, Cam. I have no idea what you just said. Uh, but well, we're, we're here. Well, Cam, we must speak. Speaketh in a highest a heightened language uh-huh. as we encounter and embark on this journey of this week from Sunday to Saturday once more into the fort of the Tude of Night. Mm-hmm. We, c- we could do that. We could. You're right. That's a good suggestion. Um, yes. But maybe we'll save that for the Dungeons and Dragons episode later this week, Kirk. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe I got ahead of myself. Maybe, I, maybe I we'll apologize. save it for that. It seems like it seems like it would make sense in that context. And less so in the movie news context. I don't know, but we're we're so excited about this movie, though Dungeons and Dragons, to bring it to you. It is is it one of the most original pieces of things that we have in this world right now? I don't know. It's it's bleak out there, Kirk. There, you know, I hate to be one of these like old curmudgeon. There's no new ideas anymore, <laughs> Grandpa people, but there kind of are no new ideas anymore. And the fact that like Dungeons and Dragons, which is based on something that is old and is, is not an original. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons itself is original idea, but the movie is based on something. The fact that like, that's the freshest newest thing that's going on right now. It, it, yeah, it's, it's telling. I think, I think it's telling. It's scary. I'm sitting here staring at our notes for this episode, Kirk, and, and, you know, we just kind of talked through them, and it's all, every single bit of it is prequels, requels, sequels, remakes, reboots, revamps, I mean, literally every one, and that's not, that's not the pared down list, like, that's the actual list of stories, like, there's nothing outside of that. And yet, we have all of this that we're about to discuss, but we still don't have a live action Captain Planet. This oh, is the true. real tragedy that I'd like to discuss. <laughs> that's today. the one. That's yep. That's the idea. That's that really <laughs> needs to be told. Hey, I agree. I I still like Captain Planet as an idea, but even that is like it's a it's a live action reboot movie thing. Um, but at least then it would be something that hasn't been previously done in live action. I'm just shocked that in a world of social climate consciousness, we don't have Captain Planet. That's as true. A ten-part series already. I don't understand it. That's true. It feels like it would be timely. It feels and like I feel it, like it would be strong. Yeah, I like. I still like the idea of post-apocalyptic Captain Planet. You know, kind of like being like the "I told you so" guy. You know, like you've the whole planet has died, and and here's Captain Planet, like being the only one left. Right, it's, and I, he's going and recruiting people. Yeah, and to rebuild it. You know the truest of hearts to uh, to bring them yes, together. I like to it. form, and he he cannot be restored to his full power until he gets them together as well. See, kind of like that's that's easy. That's like easy a positive money. Horcrux, if you will. Exactly. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so yeah, that would that that's another thing. But even that idea is is a, it's a reimagining of sorts. And this week we're you know anxiously anticipating the release tomorrow of a uh, animated movie adaptation of a video game, the Super Mario Bros. movie. So, but I am excited about that one. I mean, I don't know about you, Kirk. Actually, I think I do know about you. Uh, In my house right now, it is like Christmas Eve. 
Like the, <laughs> and I assume, I assume it's the same at yours. Like the anticipation has built and it's like, it's known like, Oh, it's tomorrow. You know, it honestly feels like that. Like, Oh, it's tomorrow. The Mario movie comes out tomorrow. And I know you, you guys are going tomorrow. We're going tomorrow. Like, I'm scared that my son's probably upstairs right now running laps around his room instead of sleeping like he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It's approximately 3 a.m. time of recording, and both of our children are still awake. <laughs> and I can hear them pounding against the ceiling going, Woohoo! Let's and, go! And waiting for coins to drop. I, I just don't understand. The, the excitement is very real here. Very real. He even said to me, I just don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm so excited. Yeah. No, seriously. So. It's, it's exciting. And not just for the kids, too. I was like... I told uh, my wife the other day, I said, I'm really nervous for, you know, usually I don't watch like the reviews roll in for movies before I go see the movie. But for this one, I, for whatever reason, I have been so anxiously awaiting the review embargo because I just want, I just want this to be good. And I'm anxious to hear other people's opinions on it. And I was like, I'm like sick to my stomach over this. And she goes, Oh, well, don't worry. I think, even if it's bad, the kids will like it. I said, I'm not talking about the kids. I don't care. I don't care about the kids. I'm talking about me. I want to like it. I've been waiting for this movie my whole life. It needs to be good for me. Well, you have one with John Leguizamo. Oh, You've already got gosh. the movie. It already yeah, came. That's true. I, we need uh, like a redemption for that, though. Penance. I see. I understand. I understand. It's going to be just absolute just joy tomorrow. I mean, exactly as you said, today's Christmas Eve, tomorrow is Christmas. And when they sit down with their kitty combos, with right. their popcorn and their slushies, and the they're going to be out of their mind excited. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. It's just that nervous energy before something big happens. It's like, oh man, this could be really awesome. I really hope it is. I just, I really hope it is. I really hope it is. I've, I can't remember the last time that I wanted a movie to be good this bad i think maybe like the force awakens is the most recent time i can remember being like please be good um other than that i i I don't know i think this that's probably it fast and the furious nine (laughs) (laughs) no i'm honestly hoping that fast 10 is good because i hated fast nine and i know that i'll have to see it so that's another one i'm like please be good so i don't hate everything a reminder cam is that i won a fast and the furious tank top at our trivia night last year that's true 100 percent am wearing it to this movie <laughs> i love it you should you should um all right well on top of that we've got the super mario bros movie this week there's a couple other things coming out this week but we're there has been just an insane amount of new stories and trailers that have released. It's like trailer palooza right now, Kirk. And so that's where we're going to, we're going to dial in in this episode is we're going to start with the trailers and we're ready to pop it up whenever you are, Kirk. Just had to clear my throat real quick. Yeah, you should. I'm ready to pop it up. Let's do it. Yeah, kind of sounds like me clearing my throat. <laughs> and we're going to, we are going to start with, uh, four trailer reactions and we're not going to we're not going to show the trailers because these companies are mean they're mean people and they don't want us to show the trailers and even when we appeal on YouTube and say listen they're trailers they're supposed to be seen by people they are mean about it and it's just too much of a hassle so we're just going to sh- we're just going to talk about them we're going to put the links in the description of the episode so if you haven't seen the trailer you can go find the links there and you can react along with us but 
the first trailer I want to talk about, because we're going to bury the lead a, a little bit. There are a bunch of huge trailers this week. One that is flying a little bit under the radar just due to everything else that has come out is Extraction 2, which is what the title of the movie actually is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like when people don't know what the subtitle is going to be and they're like, Avatar 2. No, like it's actually called Extraction 2. This is, of course, Kirk, the sequel to the Netflix original film, Extraction, directed by Sam Hargrave and produced by the Russo brothers. That is a just a high-octane action film, uh, you know, covert ops type of thing. We reviewed it on this podcast, and now there's a sequel coming out, and we've got a teaser trailer, Kirk, that is... I mean, just a heart-pounding, a true teaser. They basically show one scene, which is Tyler Rake in the middle of, like, what appears to be just a mob of people trying to get, presumably, his asset out of the out of there. And he's grabbing riot shields, hitting people over the face, punching people with while his arm is on fire. Um, it's just a crazy one-shot sequence with no cuts. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty epic, Kirk. What did you think of this teaser? And, you know, as soon as it started, I'm like, your boy should be dead. He absolutely could not have survived. It's true. The one million bullet bullets put into him at the end of the first film. And then, of course, by the there, I don't know if it was a post credit scene or if it was like a mid credit scene. But then they show him like standing on an island, I think, on a rock, like and turning around, taking his glasses off his sunglasses. But. Uh, this I, I'm all for. They kind of, they kind of allude to that too. There before we get the the long one take shot, we have him uh, crawling across the bridge, mm, jumping mm-hmm. jumping off into the water, and somehow surviving. But nothing could stop me from seeing this after seeing that Chris Hemsworth arm completely lit on fire, just punching and punching and punching people. It looks like it's Chris Hemsworth uh, the whole time. It looks like it's real fire the whole time. I'm I have to see this movie. I have to see this play out because it's an incredible feat that they pulled together here. And I've only seen less than two minutes of this movie. I think you're right. I mean, it legitimately looks like someone throws an actual Molotov mm-hmm. at a riot shield that Chris Hemsworth is holding and his arm is actually on fire. Like, I think he's just wearing whatever the gear is and he's punching stuntmen in the face while his arm is on. Like, they, it looks practical to me. It's incredible. I really hope it is. And to see that play out and to see how long his arm is on fire, because it's a long time that we get in the trailer. Yes. So I want to see the full length of this. Do we have a date on this yet? I didn't look, I didn't watch because I was just mesmerized. June. It is June. June. Okay. Um, Not too far. So I'll have to figure out. I need I didn't actually grab the exact date, but it June is, is fine. Anytime in June. June. <laughs> That's all you <laughs> it's June sixteenth is the actual date of it, Kirk. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. They do at the end of extraction, they have like a little, um, he like walks up to the side of the pool that like somebody is swimming in and you can't really see him all the way. It's just like his reflection. And there's a lot of like ambiguity as to whether it's actually him or not, I guess. Or if it's like somebody visualizing him, like they show him clearly, I think, I don't know. They say in this teaser, there's like a voiceover and it's like, Tyler, you were whatever they say clinically dead three months ago or something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, definitely dead. (laughs) He was definitely dead. The question is, how is he undead? Because there has, 
I can't remember a time where a character was more sufficiently killed than he was to the point where it was like, you know, you're sitting there watching the movie going, this, there's no way. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy was shot with like 50 cal rounds over and over again. Like he would be torn to shreds. Like right. bleed, I don't know. It's, He's pulling the old Michelle Rodriguez just coming back to life from all the whatever. different movie franchises. Yeah, and you know how much <laughs> explanation we're going to get? Probably none. It's probably going to be that line that's in the trailer, and that's it. Right, but right. It has potential. I mean, there was a great... Uh, the one thing I remember from this movie, because it feels like eons since we watched it, it was 2020 when we watched it and reviewed it. Um, and the one thing I remember is there's one sequence in that movie that's a one-shot, kind of like the Children of Men car scene where the yeah, where the camera's just kind of panning around, and it's a car chase, and it's awesome. It is just like... It's sick. So um, this scene that they show in... I don't know what it is, like a prison yard or something like that. There's barbed wire everywhere. There's riot shields, whatever. Yeah. Um, it feels on par with that. So if it's if it's a lot more of that, I'm in. I'm in. Bring it on. All right. Let's move on to our next trailer, Kirk. And we're going to go uh, with, a, with a surprise one. Um, Blue Beetle, which is the DC... I mean, you tell me. EU, D- DCU, DCEU film that is yeah. releasing uh, this summer, and we have a full trailer for it. I was fully expecting this movie to be shelved when the whole James Gunn thing happened. I didn't know how far along it was. Um, even when the David Zaslav thing happened and they cut Batgirl, I was like, oh, Blue Beetle is toast. There's no way that project makes it off the ground. And even before that, I thought it was going to be an HBO Max release, but here we are, Kirk. We've got a full trailer. We've got Jaime in the Blue Beetle Scarab costume. We've got a full theatrical release. It's going to be released in theaters, not to HBO Max. This is a legit bona fide superhero entry into the DC universe. Now, whether this is relevant beyond this year, who knows? Will they retain this character, this actor, the whole thing? Nobody really knows. But James Gunn has said he likes the movie. Of course he's going to say that. He, you know, has to promote it. But what I want to know, Kirk, is what did you think of the trailer for Blue Beetle? I think that this would be a character that they can continue with. I don't know how he fits in with the other heroes, but... Oh my goodness, it's so fun. It's absolutely just the the has a wonderful personality. It looks good. The suit, as soon as I watched this, I was like, man, as a kid, I remember watching movies of superheroes, you know, just the few that we had back then. And I would remember like going home and pretending I'd be that character. And uh, this is one that I feel like I want to do now. Like it's so, it's so cool. I want to go home and put that suit on and just run around my house. Like it's a perfect Halloween costume. It's the perfect, uh, just, just strength. I don't know. I love everything about this. And somehow they made George Lopez actually look like I didn't want to punch him in the face. So everything is great about this trailer. Yeah. I have to admit, I mean, I had, I had zero expectations for this, but as far as the trailer goes, you know, I can't speak to the quality of the film, but this is a good trailer. I mean, this is a really good trailer. Um, They're going with the more recent 
version of Blue Beetle in the comics being uh, Jaime Reyes. And, you know, I think that's only, you know, less than 10 years old, that that version of this character. And I think this character works in, in, in modern superhero storytelling. You know, it's like uh, history of the character is... There's alien technology. It's a scarab. It's like a. It comes from an alien bug race of people mm-hmm. uh, called the Reach, and it's actually artificial intelligence tech that you know protects the user and has different goals and things like that. It was originally made to like take over. It was like a conquesting tool, but the one that he has is like broken. And so this thing has like a personality of itself. It talks. Um, so there's going to be a really fun almost like a Venom-esque feel to this movie where you've got dual personalities going on, somebody who's been sort of taken over by, in this case, alien tech versus an alien symbiotic parasite thing. Um, so there's going to be that that element, which I think is fun. To your point, the suit looks great. I mean, there's a little bit of like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers <laughs> vibe to this, yes. which is funny, but it looks good. I think, I don't know, you and I were both kind of not okay with some of the recent CGI suits that we've seen in Marvel. And so to have this suit that looks practical, like in its design, it doesn't look CGI. They made some really smart enhancements over the comic book design. Uh, for example, removing the mouth, the yes. mouth of the suit, uh, because that looks really weird in live action. You can't actually do it. Um, and so I think they've done a good job and the movie looks really fun. So um, I think the actor whose name I, I have tried to pronounce and cannot, so I apologize for that. But just spell it, and the and the listeners can decide how they would like to pronounce it. Uh, it's X O L O, so not sure what the, if the X makes like a wa like a Oaxaca type of thing or mm-hmm. what happens there. Uh, Maria Duena, who is from Cobra Kai, so that's his claim yeah. to fame among others, and. He looks great. The whole cast looks great. I think it looks really fun. This could be the return of George Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. He's gonna. <laughs> I am like storm the castle. <laughs> I feel like that is not the outcome that is gonna happen from this movie. The George Lopez Renaissance is not gonna be. I mean, maybe he does. He does look okay in this trailer, though. He does say, uh, "Batman is a fascist" <laughs> in the trailer, which is which is funny, and. Uh, What's interesting, Kirk, you mentioned about this being one of the characters that carries on in the DC universe under James Gunn. Um, You might be right about that as I think about it because they're doing a Booster Gold series, which I had totally forgotten about, to be honest, because from that DCU thing. And there's a whole recent comic book run with uh, Blue and Gold, you know, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, like pairing Uh up. And also, if if they don't tie this to any of the existing properties via whatever, like post-credit scene, mid-credit scene, or cameos, which is something they have proven unable to do in every movie so far. But if they don't do that, they, good or bad, they could still use this character going forward. That'd be exciting. That'd be exciting. Because I think there, sh- there can be some saving of these broken pieces of the DCEU yeah. or that we're going to be the DCEU. And I really, really hope this works. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. I, I hope hope you are right. All right, moving on. Now we're into the heavy hitters, Kirk. The two big trailers, both of which dropped in the last 24 hours, if you can believe it or not. Um, let's start with the one. Let's go in chronological order. 
from when they were released. And we're going to start with one that dropped in the wee hours of last night, and that is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse trailer. Uh, well, I guess you would call this trailer number two, though the first one was more of a teaser than an actual full trailer, I suppose. Um, yeah. This one is full, <clears throat> full, 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 chock full of juicy nuggets about this movie in which it appears that Miles is kind of getting advice about how he fits into the wider multiverse and what his role is and how his story, his personal story is supposed to go. I'm getting vibes that, you know, they're kind of saying your dad is going to die and that needs to happen for the spider multiversal world to keep spinning and that uh, Miles is not down with that. That's just an, that's just an, uh, a speculation based on the trailer, but we get a lot more of Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, played by Oscar Isaac. We get more of Issa Rae's Spider-Woman. We get a good look at Scarlet Spider, Spider-Man India, uh, all kinds of different Spider-People in this trailer, and it looks like they have really raised the scale and the stakes of this movie, Kirk. I want to know your thoughts on this new trailer. I don't know how a creative team can come together like this and create and continue to create such a unique world. It's really impressive. It's mm. so impressive. It gives the, 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 the left hook of how animation has such limitless potential and such good potential when you use it right. We've seen, you know, millions of terrible animated films that are out there, but this, yeah. there's really such care to it. And at times when I watched the first one, I forgot that I was watching an animated movie. Uh, and I feel like this is going to be just the same. I'm very excited to see what plays out and how many Spider-Men are going to be and women are going to be in this movie. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so blown away by the image we have up. <laughs> yeah. Any of the, the, the promo material, seeing Miles in this a little bit older with more responsibility and coming to terms with, I love your speculation on that, uh, that your dad has to die. Just like how we saw in Spider-Man no way home yeah. um, was like, Hey, this is what propelled you. This is what makes you, you, it makes you Spider-Man. And we've all gone through some of the greatest losses of our lives to be able to be the greatest hero in this world. And that loss, that acceptance of everything is, is brutal, but so powerful ah it's it's such a good story it's such it a is. good story it's really compelling and you've got you know he's asking him uh, at one point in the trailer this is what makes me think it he goes what about what about uncle ben and um peter b parker who's jake johnson's character and, and yeah. really his mentor from the first film is like you know most of us wouldn't be here without uncle ben and so mm. there's just this tug and pull of family versus his greater responsibilities, which is what Spider-Man is all about. Spider-Man is a tragic hero. Everything, it's what makes him so compelling. Everything that he touches, um, you know, person in his personal life dies. You know, he just, <laughs> he is a, he loses so much of what's valuable to him in order to serve the greater good. And it's a constant struggle for him. So in a way, Miles, you know, has to show, if that's part of his story in this, in this version of him, or if it's, it's not. And he's already lost his uncle Aaron, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very compelling. And 
Man, the attention to detail on this stuff, like you said, you were talking about like the world that they're building. I mean, you look around and you're seeing Spider-Man from all different periods of your life. You know, you've got PlayStation players going, oh, that's the Spider-Man from PlayStation 1 and the PS5 version. And it's, you know, the TV shows, the the amazing, the spectacular Spider-Man TV show and Scarlet Spider. I mean, people are seeing all these things in the trailer. It's crazy. I saw somebody tweet that when... Um, when they say that Miles got a B in Spanish and his mother snaps at him, uh, the like animation around her snap is the colors of the Puerto Rican flag. Awesome. And so it's just like insane levels of detail. And this is with three new directors who did not direct the last film. And somehow they managed to just really have a tight working, um, I don't know, visual aesthetic for this movie and how they want it to go. And it just looks, it looks beautiful. I feel so much better about this movie based on this trailer than I did the last trailer where I felt like there just wasn't, I couldn't really tell what was going on. There wasn't a lot of substance and it just felt like not much. This feels like a clear direction and something that's going to be really, really cool. Um, and it comes to theaters June 2nd. It's right around the corner. Right around June is going to be insane. It is. June's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Oh man. And you know what else is going to be wild is July. Um, we know we have Oppenheimer, uh, Chris yeah. Nolan's three-hour historical epic that's going to be coming out in July. And the other big movie that's coming out in July, of course, is Greta Gerwig's Barbie. And that was the other trailer that launched today, Kirk. And this was a full trailer, not a teaser. It's the first one that we've gotten so far. In my opinion, and maybe you feel differently, Kirk, it's still hard to tell exactly what is going on in this movie, but we get a much deeper look at the relationships between characters, all of the different versions of characters. Um, you know, there's like 20 different Barbies and all these different Kens and this whole big, elaborate, brightly colored world. Um, but we see a lot more of it. And Kirk, I want to know, you know, coming off of the very eye-popping and attention-grabbing 2001 Space Odyssey teaser that they had around Super Bowl time. How does this trailer change your opinion of the movie for better or worse as we get closer to its July 21st release date? I think for better. Um, I still enjoyed the parody trailer. I thought it was creative. It was a good promo. People are great buzz on the internet. Didn't give us anything about what this was worth. This trailer, ironically, we still don't get much of Barbie, of Margot in this. Yeah, true. Um, but I'm not mad about it because we get glimpses of it because I'm sure, I'm positive, that we will get plenty of her in the in the actual film. Uh, they're just holding back on, on what that what that direction is. There's there's probably, I mean, you see, we have a snapshot right now of Ken and Barbie t- uh, chatting. She's very upset in this car ride scene from the trailer. And what is her, where, where does she start? Where does she end? Uh, Ken is just Ken. <laughs> it's incredible. So I, I know nothing about the plot of this, but what I do know is that Ryan Gosling's physicality in this is spot on. There's a moment in the trailer when they're in the car and they've, they've somehow like gone off road and the way his arms are framed, they're just so perfectly locked in like a, an action figurine would be like Ken's arms would be. They're very specifically placed and it just makes me, my heart explode with joy on how much intentionality went 
with that. So I know that the other physicality in this film, all the way down to Michael Sarah, who I did not know. I know. <laughs> as a Ken doll of all things. Um, I know the physicality in this is going to be so good, but I have no clue, no clue what this is about. Yeah, I, I feel you. I have no idea. It's like Barbie's going somewhere. She seems annoyed about it. What is happening? What is going on? Um, I think it's a good sign that they're not telling us. It means that they've got they've got a left hook, which I always like, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a movie like this needs that because what is it if not a gimmick? You know, it has to be there has to be some sort of left hook built in here that's just thought provoking and, and iconic. I mean, in order for this movie to be what it certainly seems like it's trying to be, which is like a really generational type of film. Um, it, it has to have that element, but everything we're seeing is so good. The production design. Oh my gosh. The sets, the, the costumes. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. It looks so good. And the, the interactions between characters, it feels very Greta Gerwig in terms of how these characters are talking to each other, like very Greta mm-hmm. and Noah Bombach. So that, that's exciting because that has potential to be just riotously hilarious. And, to your point, Ryan Gosling and, and Margot Robbie are two actors who are at the top of their game, two of the best that we have in the biz. I mean, this thing is in a good spot. <laughs> I feel like yes. it's in a really good spot. So uh, it's going to have its hands full competing with Oppenheimer for box office dollars, but I would not even be slightly surprised if this won the weekend um, when this film comes out because it's got everything going for it, including brand equity of Barbie, which is one of the biggest brands that there is double feature that weekend we're going to see both it's gonna be great it's gonna be great i mean i i know oppenheimer's three hours long but i think we can i think we'll figure it out which do we see first barbie then oppenheimer oppenheimer (sighs) then barbie probably that one talk about tone shift whiplash (laughs) (laughs) between the two films oh man it's (laughs) when you put it that way i honestly don't know i almost feel like you have to see oppenheimer first Mm -hmm. it's like uh when, when people say like good news, bad news, and you're like, okay, give me the bad news. <laughs> give me the bad right. news first. It's, <laughs> it's almost like the movie version of that because this will be presumably very bright and light and fun. And Oppenheimer will be very bleak, I would imagine. So, yes. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But good question. All right. Moving on. We're out of trailer reaction, but now we're into all of the others. And there are. <laughs> There are lots of others, Kirk. I mean, I can't even believe some of these stories. The first one, which I think we'll talk a good deal about, is Disney had their shareholder meeting this week, uh, on on Monday, actually, yesterday. And the big revelation that came out of that, really the only story that's film-related that came out of that meeting, was the announcement, shockingly, that a live-action reimagining and or remake of... The 20, I think 2016 animated film Moana is in the works at Disney with Dwayne Johnson returning to reprise his role as Maui and Ali'i Caravaggio returning to reprise, reprise her role as Moana. Wow. I mean, what I, I, I we've, we've seen Disney live action remakes, Kirk, but we have not seen this. What, what are your thoughts? I think it's a terrible mistake. I think it's going to be a disaster. I think uh, it is strictly a money grab. And I think moreover, I think it's 
Dwayne Johnson trying to hold on to what little <laughs> what little respect he may have in the Hollywood industry after his DC debacle. Because why do this? Why why at all make this thing happen? Um, it just seems so forced. His video that he released seems so fake, and I'm just not wanting this to be touched at all. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Kirk, because I mean, you, I mean, you're alluding to it the 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 PR uh, tornado around Dwayne Johnson right now is not good. I mean, the Black Adam fallout has been extensive, from mm-hmm. allegations of fraud to rumors of uh, attempted coup of DC Studios by Dwayne Johnson. We've discussed it on the podcast. It's been bad, and I think that if you're close to that story and you held Dwayne Johnson in high regard, you probably think a little bit differently about him after that. I mean, I know I do. I definitely do. Because it seems like he's a guy who, after those stories came out, is just kind of totally self-serving and was trying to take advantage of a power vacuum at DC to to increase his own brand presence and awareness. And... Uh, that sucks, but you know, this is Disney. And so they, they don't have to, they don't have to bow to the whims of Dwayne Johnson. So it it just feels like something that has to be driven probably partially by him. I think he, he does have some power and sway and he's probably been pushing for it ever since the animated film came out because he kind of, if anybody's going to be the live action Maui, it would be him. Mm -hmm. But you know, Bob Iger loves these animated, I mean, loves these, live action remakes. God only knows why. I mean, I guess because they were, they were money makers, but I think they're all artistic disasters. I think that they cheapen the original product and they never outdo the original with the exception of maybe peach dragon. And that's only because the original peach dragon kind of sucks. So (laughs) in my opinion, but every other one has been bad, right? Like, yeah. Even even the ones that have been good. I mean, you can make an argument. I I was obviously very critical of the Lion King, but you you really liked it. But would you say that the Lion King was better than the animated film, Kirk? No. No. Animated trumps it absolutely. Yeah, and so it's just there's no way this outdoes the original and the original the dust hasn't even settled on the original. That movie is less than a decade old. What, why? Makes, what are we doing? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'm going to get too angry. I'm going to put my angry voice on here, Bob. <laughs> Bob Iger, I'm calling you out, man. I'm calling you out. I think that The Rock has some dirt on you or you feel <laughs> physically threatened by him. Hey, it could Maybe, be. I, I'm, I'm just... I don't believe that this is the right move. If Maybe your family is held hostage by him, <laughs> by The Rock, uh, which I think The Rock and Dwayne Johnson are two separate people. I think. Oh, it's like Jekyll twins. and Hyde. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think The Rock has kidnapped your family and Dwayne Johnson is benefiting and profiting from it. Oh, man. I love that you're going full tinfoil hat on this. I think this is appropriate. If, if, That's if, right. if anything, to go full conspiracy theory on, this is it, Kirk. I, I respect your decision on that. I think it's fair. <laughs> Thank you. It will. This one thing I am certain of. First of all, I will hate watch this movie. I will not want to see it, and I will have to see it anyway, and I will hate every minute of it. 
I'm just saying that. That's just me throwing that out there. <laughs> it, I have this this vision of you, like in a hoodie, arms <laughs> crossed, just like saying "Come on" at the screen, <laughs> like that Leslie Nope gif of her, like just with the angry face, yes, <laughs> looking outside yes. the office window. That's how I will be, and I will also say with the utmost certainty that this film will will come nowhere close to as good in quality as the animated film it just won't animated was the exact right medium to tell this story live action is not the right medium to tell this story it won't be nearly as vibrant and won't be nearly as you know the imagery won't be nearly as compelling and it will it will suck in comparison it has to has to yes so it will it will disney figure figure your your stuff out man i don't know what you guys are doing over there but it's got to stop. It's gotta... I mean, Bob, I know you're looking for your successor. How about just put co-successors? We're ready. We're ready right now. I think Dwayne Johnson's going to be his successor if we continue oh, on this path. <laughs> don't. Kirk, I mean, you think he's got dirt on him. So, I mean, I think you're you're also in the same same thought process there. I think so. I'm, that's, I the, I that's the day we quit. That's the day we, we shut down this podcast for good. I, <laughs> let's just shake on that right now. That's our That's our covenant. <laughs> We, shaking right now we, we will not allow we will not continue if that occurs okay <sighs> moving on another one that is just a shocker and that came out of complete left field kirk another story bloomberg of all places is reporting that a reboot of harry potter is in the works at warner bros it will be a television series for hbo and hbo max and each season of the series is expected to follow one of the seven books in the Harry Potter series, which is a lot to take in, a lot of information. David Zasloff has been, you know, teasing stuff like this at every single, ever, ever since he became CEO, he's been saying things like, we've got this Lord of the Rings IP, we've got Harry Potter, we're not doing anything with it, Right. What is your reaction to hearing that this is in the works? What, My I, silence grows and grows as yeah. you deliver more terrible news yeah. as yeah. this podcast progresses today. I have, I have to know where you're at. Oh, what I mean, there's no one that looks more like Harry Potter than Daniel Radcliffe. There's not, I'm convinced, there's not a soul Good on point. this earth. What they're going to do, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to cast... Timothy Chalamet, uh, Zendaya, <laughs> and Ed Sheeran as our lead Ed three. Sheeran. Like <laughs> he was in Game of Thrones, Ed Sheeran. So it could, exactly, it could I don't know how you can how you can recreate the literal magic that was this original film series because there's nothing better. There's nothing better than the, than that cast and crew that put those movies together. I mean, most of them were great. I would say. They're very, at least they're consistent. There's like one, uh, maybe two uh, movies that are a little less than the others, but ultimately it's, it's a fantastic series. So putting this in the TV version, I don't appreciate it. And I'm not even one who read the books, ladies and gents. And I'm not even one who watched all of the movies until I was a grown man. So I don't really have a lot of stake in this, but I am a little annoyed because I love Daniel Radcliffe so much and he deserves better than this than to get rewritten and rebooted when he's not even in his 40s, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so 
to kind of set the stage here for some perspective, because you're right on the money, and it was very well said, Kirk. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out in 2011. So it's been, it's not even been a full 12 years since that movie was released, and we're talking about a reboot. Here's the other thing, Kirk, and, and this is what, what's really getting me here about all of this stuff. They've got a whole freaking wizarding world built out in, you know, video games at literally at Universal Studios in Orlando and Hollywood. They've got all of this different, you know, they've got the Fantastic Beasts that have all been coming out recently. They've got this whole aesthetic and visual lookbook for this thing. So what's the point of a reboot of the originals? Like that's the original films are still relevant to what is the wizarding world today. You can't create something new from the same source material with a new look and feel to it because it would undermine all of this stuff that you're heavily invested in. I mean, one of the hottest video games in the world right now is Hogwarts Legacy and it's all built on this aesthetic that was started in the in the films, in, in the actual films. So how do you how do you retell this story without using that aesthetic and without undermining it's just it makes absolutely zero sense to me. None. And J.K. Rowling is apparently in on this because she loves money. Duh. <laughs> I mean, she's right. like, she has, she's, I mean, a bazillion gajillionaire. And so she's one of the executive producers on this thing. And I'm like, how are you, as J.K. Rowling, able to sign off on this when you've already helped create the live action world of Harry Potter? How can you redo it? I just, it, it doesn't compute for me. That I did not know that she was EPing this. That makes no sense. Yeah, so she's not she's not show running it, but she isn't she is involved and will be a producer on the show. That's the mm. rumor, at least from from Bloomberg. Maybe she just if you can't beat them, join them. Right, yeah, so right. Sure her original sign off probably said like we have full control to recreate more and more uh, of yep, this. Yep, and so she's right. like, if if you're going to do it anyway, I might as well be involved to have my say on it. Right. But like, don't you think they can't really change the, the visual aesthetic of it? And if so, like what is the point? Then you're going to have these two conflicting Harry Potter stories that exist out there. I don't know. It seems really odd. The only way it would work is if you have the kids, their kids and you have the big hitters, uh, Rupert Grant, uh, Emma Watson, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe come back. Is it Emma Watson? Yeah, Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah, I was scared. <laughs> you have these three come back, and their kids are going through school. That's the only way. Which a is a, which would be a sequel? Yeah, a continuation. But not them backwards. They're not. Yeah. It's it's. A, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I would be significantly less irate if they're like, we're going to sequel this. It's kind of like, yeah, of course you will. Of course, yeah. that's what happens. It's stupid, but sure. You know, like it, it's what people do when they when they have franchises. They they sequel them, they prequel them, they spin them off. It's just the way. Dumbledore that it is. has an evil son, <laughs> right? And he's he's yeah. the next Voldemort, right? Like that would be great. Like it's easy. It's a it's yeah. It's easy to write. Come on, like we're doing this. I'm, no, I I hate this. I hate that. Um, moving on to more things that possibly cause hatred and anger. We're just going to get angrier and angrier <laughs> and angrier. More mad. 
a sequel to the 1995 action thriller classic Heat, directed by Michael Mann, is in the works. Now, this one has a little bit of an interesting wrinkle, even though I agree with your initial response there, Kirk. Michael Mann did write a book called Heat 2 that was released, I think, earlier, late last year or something. It was like pre-Christmas or something like that. He wrote a novel about it. And this is, I guess, supposed to be a prequel, even though it's called Heat 2. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Deadline is reporting that that Adam Driver is in early talks to play an earlier version of Robert De Niro's character in the film, um, despite the fact that he's, what, a whole foot taller than Robert De Niro in real life. He, so we've got... The film is, is reportedly Heat 2 is what they're calling it. Adam Driver to star as a young Neil McCauley. And Michael Mann back to direct. I don't even know where to begin with this one. Other than I guess I should read the book. I just want a stamp that says, I hate this. And I just want it to come across. <laughs> you just want to stamp it right on your webcam. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be good. Nice visual effect. We need to create an actual visual for it that can make a big loud noise. Yes, and scare our listeners as they're driving. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be the vine boom sound from, <laughs> from TikTok. They're, <laughs> they're drifting off to sleep. They're like, I'm just going to listen to what's coming up in movies. And, oh, he too a boom. <laughs> yes, I like it because it needs to. Rex their circadian rhythm. <laughs> yes, it needs, it needs to reflect how angry it makes you. So it needs to be disruptive <laughs> because this story has clearly disrupted your life. Listen, Heat, the original, is a masterpiece. An excellent film, possibly one of the 50 greatest films of the modern era. And certainly when you think about action films, probably one of the top 10 or 15 ever. Um, and Michael Mann is a great director and can do amazing things. If, if he believes in this project, maybe it has something. I don't know. But we don't need, not like, is, is nothing sacred? Is not, can nothing be left alone? You know, we talk about Harry Potter. We talk about all these other sp- Moana. You know, it's like, can we not just leave any one thing alone to rest and to just be a piece of art that stands alone and just is? Can we not, Kirk? I feel that's. I feel like that that is your segue to pull the rug out from underneath us and tell us another piece of upsetting sequel news. I will, right now, <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I I have more because that's literally every story that we have this week, Kirk. I've got a couple of quick hitters because Heat 2 has left us speechless. So we're just going to move on to the last three, which are like noticeably less upsetting, but still they're all spinoffs or sequels or, you know, adaptations of some sort. So the first one, Paddington in Peru is in the works. This will be the third mm. Paddington film. This is to this is to easier, you know. This this feels like okay. This is a good thing, you know. Paddington in Peru. He's a bear. He says he's from Peru, darkest Peru, whatever. The <laughs> films are lighthearted. They're fabulous, <laughs> critically acclaimed. Some of the best reviewed movies of all time. By all means, make the freaking sequel. I don't care. I think it's fantastic. What do you what say, you Kirk? Any objections to Paddington you, in Peru? You know, Online uh, and across critic circles, like Paddington 2 is seen as the highest rated <laughs> film ever. It's like so. Paddington 2, Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it really does seem like that. So Vertigo. They're 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 gonna get like the highest rated trilogy of all time, and people are gonna look back at this in a hundred <laughs> years and be like, brilliant. It's gonna be in the Smithsonian. Brilliant. They're just gonna yes. play all three films on repeat back to back and be like, This is the greatest, this is the peak of all cinema that has ever existed. A 24-hour loop that anyone <laughs> can come in and out of anytime. I love it. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Go for it. I don't like the ti- the secondary title, the Paddington in Peru. Like, I feel like that's He's dumb, from but- darkest Peru, Kirk. He's got to go home. He's got to go back to his roots. That's that's his whole thing. Good luck, Paddington. We wish you the best in best your trilogy roundout. Yeah, it should be good. Um, not Again, not surprising, but according to Variety, nothing is greenlit yet, but there are... Continuing discussions at Warner and HBO, or mostly just HBO, I guess, about a new Game of Thrones prequel that would be separate from House of the Dragon (laughs) that would be about Aegon the Conqueror. So Kirk has already, for those of you listening, Kirk has already, like an Italian person, shooed this away like it's a fly. He's he's out. He's out. (laughs) Who who is, so I didn't watch the series, uh, who is Aegon the Conqueror? Do we know what actor that is? No, I mean there hasn't. I mean there there hasn't been an Aegon the Conqueror in oh, the series. Well, he's he's older, you know. Like he's what what happens in House of the Dragon is the is the repercussions of what he did. So it's like okay. he he took he conquered Westeros with his dragons, and then his family, the Targaryens, like ruled Westeros for a, a lengthy period of time. Which which dragon is Aquafina? In Game of Thrones, uh, yes, Sisu is the name Perfect. of that one. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And then Eddie Murphy. Eddie comes Murphy in. is the other one. Mushu. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm in. That's fine. <laughs> Let's do this. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, okay. Last, we've got uh, well, two, two more. We've got a live action Street Fighter film in the works. I don't know. It's you know. You put this is we're sounding sounding very contrarian on this episode, very like down in the dumps. The trailers we were happy about the trailers. Okay, now we're now we're upset. That's right. Fighting games that are you know Street Fighter is like you've got one guy on this side, another guy on this side, and they walk toward each other and punch each other. It's like one mm-hmm. of those things, like Mortal Kombat or uh, Soul Calibur or whatever. There's only so far you can take that, and we saw with Mortal Kombat the results. Typically not good. Now, in HBO's The Last of Us yes. uh, adaptation of the, of the video game, is do they do Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat as part of the storyline? I think it was Street oh, Fighter. Oh, no, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, was I was Mortal thinking, Kombat. like, was that? The, like, <laughs> they love it. Let's let's do this. They saw it, and they were like, we're going to do it. We're going to do this. <laughs> Maybe they saw Mortal Kombat. They're like, oh, no. They're going to get a sequel out of their terrible, terrible 2020 yeah. film. So let's get in there and let's just move left and right across the screen for two and a half hours. That would be hilarious if that was the movie. <laughs> it was just like, it was yeah, it was two hours of of just random fights between live action actors. That actually could be, it subvert the the normal video game adaptation. Just you. There are like all these the greatest fighters and like a psychopathic billionaire, right? He like he traps them in the same place and they just go. He they picks just them go and they go just like and you're go. playing the video game. You know, he picks them with like a Toy Story crane claw, right? Yeah, and drops yeah. them in. Hey, that could work. I would watch that. That could work. And then our last sequel news, Kirk, and our last quick hitter. This one is the real haymaker. 
Shrek 5 is in early discussions with Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, and Eddie Murphy all in discussion to return. And if all goes well, according to Variety, a donkey spinoff could be in the works as well. No. It's not in the works, but it could be a possibility down the road. No. <laughs> They're trying to cash in on the Shrek. You know, if you're on TikTok, Shrek is still like very big because a whole generation of people grew up with that film, but all the sequels were not good. So Shrek ah. 5 is perhaps not the answer. I debate that statement. The what, Shrek 2? I don't remember if Shrek 2 or Shrek 3. No, What's, no, no. It's Shrek 2. Is Shrek, <laughs> it's not Shrek the third, Kirk. Trust me. Trust me. Is, is Shrek 2 the one with the fairy godmother? Yes. Okay, then it is Shrek that 2. One, I need a hero. I need a right? hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's fine. I, I, you're right. You're right. That one's I good. like that one. That one's fun as well. Yeah. Shrek the third is an atrocity. That's the one with Justin Timberlake, I think. Uh, and then there's Shrek Ever After. That's yeah, the Shrek one, Ever right? After. Yeah. Okay. What what on earth is up their sleeve for Shrek Five? I don't know. I'm hoping time travel. That's what I'm really hoping for. <laughs> Just go full Rick and Morty or something. I don't know. Let's get that weird. That could be very fun. <laughs> all right, that's all the curmudgeoning we have to do for this for this evening because apparently that's the mood that we're in. But seriously, the trailers are great. All this live action remake and reboots and all that is just getting really tiring. It just is. And I hate to be that guy, but it's true. It is. Now, what to watch for this week? There are a couple of things that are exciting. First of all, new to theaters this week, we've got, of course, the Super Mario Bros. movie, which releases tomorrow, Wednesday, April 5th in theaters. Wednesday release, a little bit weird, but it'll be there. And uh, the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon Air biopic, which is a retelling of how Nike nabbed Michael Jordan as one of its, uh, you know, athlete sponsors and the rest is history, how they created air Jordan and, and all of that. So Cameron, if we play our cards, right, uh-huh. we saw what's today, Monday, Tuesday, I don't know. Tuesday, April 4th. We got to see dungeons and dragons on Sunday night. Yep. I know both of us are going to see the Mario movie tomorrow. Yes. And if we can somehow, I don't know, sneak away at 10 o'clock at night again one more day this week. We'll have seen three premieres in one week we if can we do can it. get air under our belt as well. We could do it. We could do it. We should. I, I, I want to see it. I want to see it real bad. I don't know if we'll review it on the podcast. I know we will review the Super Mario Bros. movie. I hope we get to review air, but we'll have to, we'll have to figure that out. Okay. Um, so those are both in theaters this week with air releasing on the typical Friday, uh, the 7th. Um, and then also Netflix premiere this week, Steven Yun and Ali Wong star in Beef, which is a road rage comedy uh, on Netflix. And something to watch for you Marvel fans on this one. The director of Thunderbolts and the writer of Thunderbolts are both involved in this series. Um, the writer, uh, uh, Lee, Lee Sung Jin, and the, dire- and the director... Jake Schreier are both involved in this as uh, Jake Schreier, I think is an executive producer and Lee Sung Jin is a writer on the series. So if you're looking to get a taste of what (laughs) Thunderbolts could be like, maybe you can find it in this Netflix original series beef. So check that out. That premieres on Thursday. Nice. All right. Anything else, Kirk, man, that was a whole crap load of, of, 
movie news. I can't even believe how much movie news it was. So much. So We've had much. some pretty thin weeks. Yes. This one was jam-packed. I don't know if I'm happy about what it's jam-packed <laughs> with. No. But I know, I know. I, I take that back. I know exactly. I'm not happy <laughs> <laughs> with what it's jam-packed with. So we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted on what we think is uh, should be watched, what should not be watched. And don't forget to check us both out on Letterboxd. That's right. And gents. You can see our reviews there for the most part whenever I remember to write reviews. But yeah. Kirk's really good about writing reviews. So definitely follow him and follow me. <laughs> follow both of us. See what we're watching. That's Get right. a feel for what we do. At the very least, uh, I know that uh, if we if you don't see a review on it, you're always going to see us rate it no matter what, too. Just be like, um, why is Cam watching Pride and Prejudice on a Wednesday in the middle of <laughs> March? You never know. You never know. It gives you a, it gives you a nice glimpse into my mental state and my current manic uh, uh, situation. So that's it's good for that as well. Is it the Pride and Prejudice with I forget his name, but the Matthew the actor McFadden? They're perfect. Yeah, and Kieran Knightley. It's I've been almost selecting that for years. Do now. it. Do it. Send it in. It's it's well worth your time, Kirk. See. <laughs> I should have watched your letterbox. You should have followed me on letterbox. There you go. I missed it. So this is what you have to look forward to, (laughs) ladies and gents. I'm excited. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to, as always, give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as his band, Rhetoric, who created our original music. Give those guys a listen anywhere you listen to music and go see the Super Mario Bros. movie this week. Talk to you then. (laughs) 